Attention shoppers, there are a wide variety of Crossrip items available in the gift shop. Sweatshirts, smartphone covers, an exclusive t-shirt designed by Dapper Dan Shonen of IDW Comics fame, and more on the way. All proceeds go towards our servers, so this remains the only ad you hear on the show. Go to GhostbustersHQ.net slash shop to get yours today. I like that shirt, friend. This week on the program, we're going to be tackling Eagle Moss Hero Collectors Ecto-1 Subscription Kits, uh, Issue 6, Stage 15. It's another right front suspension uh, tie rod, uh, which, is, if you listened before, we have a little trouble with the spring coils, so we have a lot to talk about while we're working on that. We're going to be talking about uh, DC Fandome, some Ghostbuster stuff. Uh, we'll be talking about the issue itself, which has some uh, Peter Bernstein music anecdotes. Fun episode. Stay tuned. Still Playing With Toys presents The Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. So free. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the keyboard? Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. You know, it's just occurred to me we really haven't had a completely successful test of this equipment. Oh, we have fun. Woo! Uh, Kerberos has some DLC coming out, right? I saw that today. Oh, it's out today. Oh, it's out today. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I guess about the time the show started, we were coming to the middle bit or tail end of a game we made, like a 2D classic roguelike setting, a space setting. And um, with that one, we put it out, and then we put out an expansion for it, and then we put out a series of DLCs with player characters yeah because you know uh <laughs> it seems to make good sense sell somebody a game for ten dollars and then when you have time to put together some more items and stuff like that ask them for another buck or two for it and that's that's what we did um i think it ended up being like 13 bloody characters total or something wow um but anyways in the last couple of years we put out an updated 3d version of it so it's like a hybrid roguelike first person shooter and while the order is not the same, we've been doing the same thing. We've been putting out, uh, in this case, it's even more of a need to do it the DLC route because, you know, small indie company. And it's one thing to make a little 2D guy that animates, and it's another thing to make a 3D version of it that, you know, <laughs> interacts with multiple guns and stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah, that's... Um, uh, we're going out of order, too, because we did... Um, Another human character first. That was back at the beginning of the year. Yeah. <sighs> Seems like so many years ago now. And then this time we skipped ahead to one of the uh, alien characters you could play. So this big lumbering uh, mercenary guy. He's awesome. He's, he's got a he's got a war hammer. And it's like everybody else, you try to conserve your ammo so you're running around. Stab, stab. Stab, stab. <laughs> you know, bats and rats coming. Stab, stab, stab. And he just thwack. <laughs> And the best part is I got to do the sound, so I got to put together a satisfying Ooh. scrunch. <laughs> Smash the... Smash. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, so yeah, that went, uh, that went live live today. Oh, so. fantastic. And so far so good, I hope. Mm. Excellent. Yes, indeed. Excellent. Um, did you get contacted by anybody after not uh, the last episode, but the episode before? Uh... The no? episode before, so not our Chogren episode, but the one before that, which would have been 
Was it another build one? Was it a build episode? Or after the last build episode, I you know yeah. what? Let's just let me actually let me just back up and say I've lost track. But um, <laughs> in the last few weeks after we did the last build one, um, who was it here? Who was it? Oh, Douglas Fisher messaged me. Um, <laughs> can we go back in time where everybody gives us all their good ideas at the beginning of this project? <laughs> uh, he he sent a link to an Amazon. It doesn't really matter, frankly. At the end of the day, it. What he got was, they call it um, uh, 28 grid diamond painting embroidery box, plastic storage containers, adjustable bead case. So imagine hobby cases, little plastic cases that hold, I don't know, beads or sequins or mm. little things, right? He picked up one of those. He peels the stickers off the bags, puts them over the little containers, and then puts the leftovers in there. Remember last time we were sitting around going... Troy lost a, a screw. Uh, yeah, yeah. What do we do? I ended up. I pulled from the kit that we're actually about to do today. I pulled from stage fifteen uh, from it to, for its yeah. extras, right? But what yeah. he's been doing is he's been because mine are just scattered in a bunch of bags. He's got a little container. He's been sorting. Them. Uh, see, that's the ingenuity, right? That, yeah. Where? So what I'm saying is, where the hell were you like <laughs> five months ago, Doug? What the hell? Five um, months? Three months? I mean, that, Time that, and space is I, I feel like that's kind know, of so. been the beauty of this is like as we build along, we're hearing from everybody about their, yeah. their hints and their tips. And and sure, you know, we're not we're not blessed with a, a YouTube channel uh, like our, our buddy Jason, who's building and, and doing them on video. But it's been kind of nice to like we build everybody listens to our trials and tribulations and then uh, kind of chimes in or, you know, hopefully we <laughs> hopefully we're a, a forewarning, a precursor to some of those people that are a few yes. steps behind us. Uh, so, um, yeah, so hopefully it's, it's we're moving, out pretty well. moving fast enough and catching up fast enough for guys like uh, Mr. Milne in Alberta who's yeah. you know, rushed on ahead. I Couldn't mean, be bothered to wait. Yeah, so I mean, for those of you who are tuning in, these are our build episodes. Uh, we we just kind of chit chat, and we're on issue six, uh, stage fifteen, which uh, deja vu is yet another uh, front suspension and tie rod, uh, which we kind of struggled through on stage fourteen, our last build episode. So, yes, maybe we've learned from our mistakes. Maybe we haven't. I'm, I don't know. I've been I've been sitting here sweating. I was like, what was the major thing I did wrong last time? I can't remember, and then I remembered. <laughs> Uh, you you put something on backwards, backwards. as I recall, and had to kind of yes. disassemble and reverse. Uh, well, obviously, layer. that's not a me problem. That's that's a that's a that's a, that's a that's the mistake of the ecto. That's, uh, that's yeah, just, Doug. Uh, that's just bad design. Yeah, yeah you got uh, you got a message that was like, "Well, you, I can't help you on that one." Um, but uh, so yeah, so so again, uh, kind of again, hearkening back to our last build episode, we're we're going to be working with a spring coil and. Um, you know, putting these knuckle connectors together that are going to go on to the actual chassis of the car. And, um, yeah, because that's fun. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's kind of nice that you get to do these things multiple times so that you <laughs> you kind of have some learnings that you can move with this yourself. Makes us, uh, this makes us um, like Cadillac certified uh, uh, mechanics, right? I For think real so. I think yeah, I can okay. get a, a sweet part-time job here during the stay-at-home to go fix up Actually, some cars. The, the funny part is, is the screws are oversized, obviously. The connectors have been simplified sure, for sure. the screws. But if you can make heads or tails of how these things are connected, the parts are all right. And it, like, literally, you 
I bet you. Let's put it this way. I'm not saying this thing is is an official ecto uh, training uh, kit. It can't be too far off, though. Just it's a good way to familiarize yourself. Yeah, with. I mean, I'm sure but, all of the, the the actual bits and pieces are to yeah. scale, um, and and yeah. things that would be part of the actual mechanics of the car. Uh, so, like, I have a sneak. Like, okay, let's let's be honest here. The engine is by and large fake, but. Um, what am I by and large? What is it? A one thick scale? By, and large, by and large, but I'm, by and large, but I'm pretty sure you could drive it on the road. No, but like <laughs> I'm looking at the 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 chassis here, um, and the assemblies we're putting together here. Yeah, I mean, if somebody had to take apart and reassemble, like the brake drum and uh, and suspension, like we're putting together here. Well, yeah, it's I in mean, miniature. Like it's 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 a it's a it's a practical. It, it kind of reminds me. Guide. I was never really into building model airplanes, but you know the the people who were, you know, you're you're building the actual uh, engine and prop and and all of the things that actually you know make the the plane function from an engineering standpoint. And I think it, it kind of reminds me of that. It's just I don't have the means to buy to buy and or build from the ground up my own uh, fifty nine caddy, so uh, this is kind of this is what I get to do. Uh, but uh, um, speaking yeah. of uh, model airplane guys, a buddy of mine introduced me to what's it called? Something flight and flight is like F L I T E. They're um, <clears throat> I don't know New England area something like that. But those guys are, it's a bunch of guys, they're living the dream. Essentially, they started a YouTube channel where they build and fly model airplanes. But yeah. what I like about them is that they're real brute force aerodynamics, meaning they do a lot of building quite large planes out of cardboard that they've put together. So the cardboard's light, but it's very uh, blocky. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you put an engine in, like, little engines and those things, and they, they fly quite well. And they got enough of a following that I guess they did a Kickstart campaign or something, but they caught wind of a small gorf, golf, gorf, gorf, gorf course, golf course that Isn't was that, up uh, for Tim Conway's uh, golf character. Oh, no, it was dwarf. Yeah, never mind. just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I was thinking of the world according to gorf. Um <laughs> They uh, a golf course that was uh, up for sale, and their followers helped them raise the money to buy it. Wow. So they work out of a, a small golf clubhouse, so they got all this build space where the pro shop used to be and all that. And then they walk out from there, cross the little fake stream, uh, you know, with the, the little bridge, and then it's, I don't know, nine holes worth of golf, something like that. It's not it's not huge, but for needing a space where you can just fly your model airplanes around, hmm. it's perfect. That's awesome. And I'm sitting there going, how come I couldn't be 15 <laughs> years younger and have thought of that? Uh. <laughs> I find myself having that thought more and more lately. More and like, more. Why can't I just be 20-something right now? And I have a sneak suspicion yeah. every human being on the planet eventually hits that point going kids yeah, today yeah how come i couldn't get that why couldn't i have those things um it's it's like listening to your son say he's bored in a world with <laughs> or a house rather with multiple streaming services <laughs> oh oh no you just have a, a raft of movies and television at everything's your literally at your fingertips uh, on demand uh yeah 
Ay, ay, ay. Um, All right, so, so I'm on, stage I'm on, 15. Yeah, stage 15, uh, you know, this is the suspension arm. I just finished that up. I'm on uh, step two here, working on the upper suspension arm. Oh, sure, just let me babble away. That's fine. Uh, you know, I figured, because this one took me a while. I, I was going to just get going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll get at it. But uh, so let's see, what can we talk about in the world of Ghostbusters while we're doing these first couple steps here? Uh, uh, Lynn Workman sent me a fantastic or gave me a fantastic idea. Oh, what uh, what was it? Okay, actually, you know what? I need to back up. If you if people out there aren't following the Ghostbusters Patch and Pin group on Facebook, kind of need to tune in. Man, that's hot right now. We're talking like uh, puffy stickers in '81 hot Ooh. you know what i mean like pog in pog in 89 you know uh, what i mean like i feel like there's there's so many again we talked about proton pins last time but uh yeah. ecto supply like he's got those um the shining yeah. uh no ghost logo stickers and well what happened in this case is it's i i'm not a, a patch collector but it happens right like you yeah. just in the world of ghostbusters fandom online you're gonna end up with with patches after a while. And since I'm not a serious, like I'm not a serious collector, I'm like, do I frame these? And I'm like, I could, but I don't really have wall space. And like, I don't know. And then some people have pin bur- boards, pin birds, you know, to go with the yeah. morph courses. Um, I like pin birds. I don't know what those are, but I like them. Pin boards. <laughs> uh, I've seen a few of those. Um, and they're, uh, again, same problem. It's, it's a, a wall I do not have, right? Right. So I'm reading on it there the other couple of days ago, and Mr. Workman uh, posts. Um, he keeps his um, uh, uh, his patches in a binder with what amount to, like, the CD sleeves in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So imagine, like, a, 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 a binder that you can, you know, the, the CD, the CD booklets, remember, and... Only it's just no CDs. It's filled with patches. Yeah, each, nice. each pocket is a patch. So I immediately went to Amazon, <laughs> found one in slime green for like Ooh. twenty bucks, and yeah, now I'm, I, and now I have a new hobby. I'll talk to you all later. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be honest that I, I was surprised that you found a CD binder at this point, since uh, yeah, I feel like everybody's well, was, offloading them at this point uh, to free up space um turns out the media like the media holders is pretty easy to hold on to it's the um the players that are getting rare yeah. and rare sort of like my adventures with vhs the uh right you were talking last week about the yeah yeah so um, oh and the other thing was is um man there was a lot of good stuff what was it i forget the gentleman's name my apologies on my phone but we're talking on it right now so i can't really look easily but he they, people like to do mail calls that, you know when their stuff shows up that they buy an order he had done a virtual run have you ever heard of virtual marathons uh i just recently i've started seeing more and more pop up obviously because of the you know yeah. pandemic well they were out there before because it amounted to people who were like you know if we can't you know organize enough people in an area we'll just have them run remotely and mail them uh yeah. you know their stuff uh, this one was your a distance on your gps and prove that you yeah. did the, yeah uh return to the 80s marathon uh the t-shirt was kind of a eh, so-so approximation remember those venkman t-shirts they put out yeah yeah uh the uniform uh eh, so-so um but the uh 
the metal they sent them uh, was beautiful. It was... Oh, God, how big would it have been? Like four inches long or something? It was like a, a metal or lapel pin. It was full color. It looked like a lapel pin, but it was like four inches long. It was an ecto. Ooh, like a side cool. shot of an ecto on a on a, you know with a ribbon and all that. It's like oh beautiful. That's I mean the the medals are usually uh, especially part, the, right? the Star Wars runs that they do at Disneyland. You know they've always got these awesome yeah uh, like a Millennium Falcon uh, in twenty four karat. Well, it's not twenty four karat gold, but it looks like twenty four karat gold and it looks amazing. And uh, if I were a runner, I'd be like I want to do that. But then I realized that I don't want to do that. So uh, but that's cool. And, What's and, the secret to fight? Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say. So did 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 you did he? Is he selling these, or he was just showing off the the one that he got? He did the run and got it, but somebody in the comments uh, said they found the website. You can just go buy them later, which sounds like a cheat. But <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, they bought it, or maybe somebody was selling theirs off or something. I don't know. But uh, he was showing his off. He did the run apparently. Why am I having so much trouble with this screw? Uh oh. Like Is you're it gonna these EM screws on figure yeah. B? Yeah, I don't know. These are being. I got one tapped through fine, but the yeah, other one kind of pile them, and then the other it. one just doesn't really budge. I'm having, I'm having the same problem. I'm gonna go to what I did before because this is the old trick before we learned about the difference between M for metal and P for plastic. Is I am going to try to use the screwdriver itself to see if I can. Size up kind the uh, carve it out a little bit in there, yeah, yeah. Make a little room. Um, make way, make way. Did I do this backwards? No, I didn't. Okay, great. It's weird that this like crossbar, this 15D piece, like the screws don't actually tap into it because it's got a you know turn, obviously. So it's just this is this 15D. is one of those stages like stage 14 where everything kind of is loose and you feel kind of strange about everything being willy nilly in there. Uh, like I, I don't want this to fall apart. I know it's not going to, but well, I'm still at figure A trying to get that second screw tapped in. Um, come on, come on, come on. No, again, I don't know if I've just hooped the. That's two. I'm gonna try a third one, but I'm afraid I'm. I hope every other time I need an EM, it goes smoother because I'm gonna have to use these ones that. They should. You should have a couple left over from the last uh, stage. Oh, that's some, true. I somewhere. didn't check for that. Yeah. <laughs> Just in <laughs> case. Just in case. Um, um, what else is going go. on? Uh, Bill and Ted. We talked about last week with uh, Chogrin. I'm excited. That's going to be coming out here. Before, you know, we're recording on yes. Wednesday, obviously, so we don't get to talk about it. Oh, uh, there we go. No. Stay the course. No. Stay on target. All right, so tip for people is if you have a metal one that doesn't tap and you're starting to, like, strip the head. Ooh, uh-oh. Yeah, try to find, like, a smaller head screwdriver and see if you can just sort of get in the where it's supposed to be tapping and just, just I don't know, it's crude, but ultimately that's what happened. Because it was the screw heads that had started to strip that I couldn't quite get them, even though I made it easier. It couldn't uh, quite get through, and now... It wasn't catching, yeah. Uh, no, it was getting stuck, and now it's... Uh, with a fresh screw, with a fresh head, it's now working better. Okay, so I have it like that. 
yes, and then I do it like this, uh, yes. There you go. You know, we should talk about the DC fandom, because, uh, I mean, it's not... Okay. It's obviously not uh, directly related to Ghostbusters, but that's kind of what happens here. But um, in terms of a virtual convention, it seems to have really made an impact. Uh, for whatever oh, yeah. reason, the, the San Diego Comic-Con at home didn't really stick, uh, but fandom did, um, and... I don't know if it's because it was just big announcements and trailers and a whole bunch of programming that people were, you know, waiting for uh, right out of the gate uh, all day on Saturday and not not necessarily spread across three days or what the deal was. But it seems to have made a pretty big splash. And now everybody's talking about like, I saw our buddy Greg Miller, like, when's the Ghostbusters fandom? Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, did you end up watching any of the content or any of the stuff that, oh, that afterwards. happened? Or afterwards. I, yeah, I, I, I kind of did the same thing, but... I didn't register. I, not to disparage anybody else's life choices, but I had a job to do during the day. <laughs> I had Same. stuff to do. Likewise, I would see uh, like, hey, there's a Wonder Woman trailer up. I'll watch it in a little bit. Uh, hey, the Batman trailer is up. I'll watch that in a little bit. Hey, the, the other thing is, is I tend not to tune into these things because inevitably, for all the excitement, it will sooner or later, I'll be trying to catch up on it, and I'll just run into somebody going, mm, and I'm like, oh, good. Well, that, well, thanks for pooping on the cornflakes. I'm, I'm done now. Uh, I, I, I was kind of keen on everything I saw. Um, I have a, it's unlikely to happen, but they, uh, my podcast bet, it's slim. It's slim to none, but, um, uh, King Tiger is um, was revealed as one of the characters of the of of James Gunn's uh, not ashamed of of well anything really man uh, Peacemaker still has you know the full on original goofy uniform yeah, yeah. Uh, polka dot man uh, but the best was King Tiger and of course he's all CG uh, so. There, there was no names associated with me, and part of me was just hoping <laughs> uh, they'd use Ron Funches from uh, the Harley Quinn cartoon, <laughs> who does King Tiger in the show. Yeah, is it King what? Tiger? Thank is it King you. Shark? King Shark? King Tiger? Yeah, uh, King Tiger okay. is a tank. King Shark is the character. Sorry, <laughs> getting late. King Tiger. I'm thinking. I was like, it's terrible because in my head, it's yeah. T uh, King Tiger tank. King Shark character. Tiger Shark actual <laughs> animal who happens to be a shark. Like it's just, it's a weird cross section of 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 filed things in my brain that I, I'll never Dick get. Sergeant right. Dick York. Sergeant York. Isn't that weird? Like, <laughs> it's like Keith David and David Keith. <laughs> Guess what? It's going to be fifty fifty that I'll get it right for the rest of my stupid life because that's just the way. It is. <laughs> Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to derail you. Yeah, so you thought it was going to be Funches. Because I think Funches actually does it in the video games. Is that where you were going? Does he do it in the video, video game? Because he didn't. No, no, somebody else does it in the video game. Oh, okay. He did talk, and it didn't sound like Ron. Ron Funches. Uh, uh, okay, so I flipped this thing over. Yes. Oh, no. Funches. Man, Funches' giggle is just infectious. Like when that guy starts oh, giggling, you can't help yourself. Um, He's the he's my favorite part of the uh, Trolls movie, which I've had to watch several times. Uh, I've, I've managed to avoid the Trolls movie so far, but uh, you won't. Yeah, I know. <gasps> A uh, pinky swear. <laughs> okay. Oh, no. Okay. Um, 
but he was always my favorite part of At Midnight. Like he always crushed it on At Midnight before yeah, it went off funny, the air. Funny guy. Um, um, yeah, I don't. I mean, obviously everybody's talking about the Snyder cut, and you know, whatever. We don't need to get into it. But um, I, I don't know. I just like I, I'm, I enjoy this sort of like let's find new innovative ways to announce our products because we can't do yeah. it at comic-con we can't do it at star wars celebration we can't do it at uh, where we normally do these giant things and i kind of like the sense that we're yeah maybe we're getting away from those giant like san diego comic-con always having to be like a big cinema con where you gotta you gotta go big yes. and, and show off all your properties and try to make it, a splash and you're just it's yelling in a crowd uh now you can kind of do your own it thing it would be nice and it would actually extend the life of of like comic-con if they did have to dial it back to just comic stuff right yeah. like um absolutely so and this, this, it never would have happened. Like, it just would have kept going until it imploded. Yeah. Sort of like uh, E3 had a problem. It just got bigger and bigger. And then they went, oh, the problem is that, you know, we shouldn't be letting fans in. So they'd, like, you know, block. You had to be a professional. And then they went, oh, why isn't the buzz online as big? Well, because the most vocal people were fanboys that used to be coming to this thing. And you block yeah. them out and stuff like that. It was never, and then, you know, they've. Hell, let's put it this way. They tried to rethink themselves several times, and I don't know how well it was going, except that before this year, uh, major companies were... St- like, Sony was like, nah, not coming. Yeah, pass. Thanks, but yeah. no thanks, pass. Um, so, I think after... Yeah, because uh, didn't... Did Star Wars Celebrations do a virtual one or yeah, I mean, about Star Wars to, Celebration, or? they've always live streamed everything, which I always yeah. thought was kind of genius because it, the whole then thing is a big promotional go. thing anyway. So why yeah. are you not showing this to a bigger audience? Um, and and it's it's still just as special for the people who are there, um, but you're also getting a bigger uh, demographic across the world watching stuff. And then you can show off your new trailers and make your big announcements. And yeah. you got more people seeing it in real time and talking about it. And it, it, it was always weird to me that hall H wasn't always like live streamed to five, 10 years ago. Like it should have been, it's so well, weird, but as somebody pointed out, a buddy of mine pointed out, um, yeah, you go to hall H for all the big stuff. It is a nightmare. Uh, let's put it this way. It, it was stressful enough that people were deciding stabbing one another <laughs> with pens with, yeah. was legit. Uh, a legit uh, response to whatever was going on. And yeah, because if you get in there and you fight and you hold your spot and sit through you know, a bunch of crap you don't care about, and you get to the panel you do care about, and you're at the back, right? Like, right. Everybody's small, and at best, maybe you're getting their big heads on a screen. Um, the, the virtual one they did, um, you might as well have been, you were, you were on equal footing with everybody else watching, right? Like, (laughs) and and if you're watching on a screen when you're in the room, what's the difference? If I'm watching it on a screen on my couch or in a giant convention hall, uh, or he also pointed out like, uh, Dwayne Johnson could not be there. I don't know why he could have just videoed in, I'm sure, but for whatever reason, couldn't do it. And that happened used to happen all the time at, at Comic Con, right? Yeah. People would just video in and you're kinda like, no, right? Like 
but but the fact that this whole thing was virtual really lessened like the kind of imp- that impact like yeah. they can't be bothered to be there you're like yeah well technically nobody's here so uh, okay so what does it matter yeah um oh these screws where are you at like i feel like you you've like moved on to a second car build by this point <laughs> i am i'm working on my ecto 1a thanks to the folks at eagle moss for advancing oh, it for God. me uh, uh no i i'm just now finishing step three uh stage three here yeah stage three yeah i'm still struggling on like figure a of <laughs> step two <laughs> Oh, this is the worst. Uh, I mean, I I kind of I, I had worries when I saw that the next uh, stage here was going to be basically a repeat of our last one. I was like, oh, well, we're only going to get through uh, stage fifteen here, and then uh, we're going to have to call it a day again. So don't don't sweat it; it's all good. Um, I need them to make the world's tiniest impact driver. That's what I need. <laughs> I need a super tiny impact Just driver. Sitting here podcasting, hearing. <laughs> Are you uh, playing pit crew for the world's tiniest indie car racer? Maybe. Yes, yes, I am. You'll never know. Um, can I can I give a shout out? Uh, and and I do want to explain myself uh, to our friend Adriana for going to Tim Hortons and picking something up for me, but then also explain to you why I didn't just assume. <laughs> Being one of my main Canadian friends that I can just ask you to go do stuff for me all the time. I was just giving you uh, <laughs> crap for that. I thought it was funny. It's like, we've met, right? You've seen me. You know I've eaten a donut before, right? Uh, I, I mean, I, I just don't want to assume that I can count on you to be my uh, provider of everything Canadian. Uh, what's the point of knowing Canadians if you can't assume that? Like, for well, the, well, Pete's know. sake. You See, know. the thing is, is is I here's the other thing, though. You don't know where we are in relation to Tim Hortons. Adriana may actually, it may not be far, but, like, I can literally walk to one. Oh, seriously? That's fine. Yeah, like, so... I mean, they're on every block. I mean, Tim Hortons yeah, are kind of like Starbucks there, right? It's uh, oh, absolutely. not that big unless, of a deal. But. Unless you go to Ohio, and then they're there too. And then if you arrive really late at night, and you're jet-lagged, and your brain shorts out because you think you're back in <laughs> Calgary, which you shouldn't be because you haven't lived there for 20 years. Parts of Ohio, look <laughs> when you add a Tim Hortons, look startlingly like Alberta in the summertime. Um we should explain to people you're uh, you're you like the the sports pucks. I, I am. You like, I am a, you like I'm a the sporting fan. games. Uh, and of course, you know Canada, the the land of hockey. You guys get all the cool stuff. Obviously, we don't get all the cool like promotional pack in things. And uh, <laughs> you, know. you like hockey enough to take your uh, your stadium money, but not so much to go out of your way to make tiny little collectors books <laughs> at your donut places. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Uh, apparently it's not don't look at me it's not my thing uh it's a, but it says the guy who asked random canadians to please pick him up one <laughs> um yeah this is a step up for them because in previous years it was just like trading cards yeah you now go in and you get a trading card and this year it's a uh, like a foot locker with a it's a locker tiny with stick. A, a mini uh hockey stick uh you know branded to the uh players uh you know choice of of lumber and uh you know nathan mm-hmm. mckinnon being one of my favorite players they they had one and i was like i want to go and we don't have tim hortons here and 
So you know, I, that might be that might be why you never get it in the States too, because somebody goes, We should make collector tiny collectors hockey sticks. Love it. What do we have to do? Okay, we have to go talk to the top six stick <laughs> manufacturers to negotiate. Forget it. No. <laughs> We're too no, much too much worry. trouble. Yeah. <laughs> uh and, and, you know, to 90% of America uh, would be lost on them anyway. Um, I don't know why hockey is not... It's sort of like, you know, soccer finally taking a hold down here. I, just, I don't understand why it's not a thing. But uh, but at any rate, so yeah, Adriana was nice enough to go pick one up. And Did she get one? She confirmed? She she got one, and it is okay. on the way, and she's... Because I was... I mean, yeah. I was li- going to Literally check the day that I was like, hey, can somebody help me? That She reached out, and she went and she picked it up the next morning, because that's just the wonderful person she is, so... She probably doesn't live too there. No Canadian... It's like a New Yorker. No, Every New Yorker is always within... What is it? Uh, two yards of a rat at any given time. Canadians are always within two blocks of a, uh, <laughs> of a Tim Hortons. Of a Tim Hortons. Uh, I mean, and and she did say that she needed to go get her wake up juice. Uh, so I figure that's kind of her morning routine anyway. So uh, very kind of her yes. to, to work me into that. But um, I don't know, man. I we we finally went and got coffee for the first time uh, this morning. Uh, which I felt like a new human being uh, drinking not my own terrible blend of horrible coffee. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm glad everybody can kind of still have a routine, at least up north where you guys are doing much better than we are. Well, we we are, although our numbers are spiking too. Um, now, obviously, that's not quite as, as big or as serious as... Well, let's put it this way. We're still going to treat it seriously because that's kind of how we maintained our, our, our situation compared to uh, parts of the states. Was So while our numbers are kind of ridiculously small and compared to yours, uh, that's okay. We'll better safe than sorry. Uh, I mean, we are, we are the United States of America. We've forgotten how to take things seriously, I think. That's just <laughs> – I think it's our new uh, – you know, instead of e pluribus unum, it's uh, what? Us? Worry? <laughs> uh, I think you just made a joke from Mad Magazine 79. But, uh, <laughs> I think I did. <laughs> and uh, I take it. Take, okay. It's mine now. It's mine. Um, yeah. Come on. No, please screw. Just, uh, no. just get in there. Um, My hand's but... cramping. The beer's not helping. <laughs> oh, wait. Come on. Uh, it's going to be a little too late by the time this airs. It, I'm sure the... Energy will have dissipated back into the sky, but uh, I hope everybody in the Ghostbusters uh, familia is doing okay in the Gulf Coast states there. Yeah, the hurricane is making landfall tonight. Tonight. As we were recording this. Yeah, so I, I saw everybody was boarding things up and getting ready. and yeah, Ridiculously too close to, well, everything. Uh, Houston and uh, New Orleans just on the edges there yeah. probably going to. I didn't see who it. What's between Houston? Is Galveston in there? I can't uh, remember. Yes, it's that same <laughs> area that just always gets hit, and I just always feel terrible. Um, yeah, it's either the the Atlantic side of Florida, or yeah, just that bowl of the, the Gulf Coast. Yeah. Um, so yeah, hope hopefully everybody is is staying safe. It's kind of tough because we're again, like you said, we're recording this as everybody is sort of anticipating it to uh, to to happen. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Between that and wildfires and, uh, you know, a global plague and 20, 20 other things going on, I mean, there's, 
I don't know, man. We we do our best uh, to uh, just talk uh, nerdery and and things like that here on the show. Mm. But, uh, it's it's harder and harder every day. Well, it certainly makes the premise of Bill and Ted resonate a hell of a lot more. The world's going to crap because you never made that song you were supposed to do. Hurry up, Wild Stallions! For the love Hurry of up. everything, holy Wild Stallions! Um. Now, that said, uh, we can talk about, so uh, Bill and Ted coming out on Friday as we record this, but uh, Tenant has actually come out in theaters to a certain extent and is actually doing fairly well. Well, that's because uh, Tom Cruise went and paid uh, $35 million to go see it, so it's box office numbers are fine. the entirety of the box office. Mm. (laughs) I haven't seen any numbers, um, so I don't know. because between that and the Russell Crowe, is it Unhinged? Is that the name of his uh, his movie? Um, which did pretty well last weekend, too. Yeah, again, but man, you know, Russell Crowe, great. But are we in a rush to go back to the theaters for a, for yeah. basically the updated version of Falling Down? Like <laughs> That's very true. I didn't think about it that way. Um, the less racist version of falling down. I mean, I, uh, yes and no. Like I'm, I'm not, I do miss going to a movie theater again, kind of going back to what Jason Reitman was saying in his intro that we played last week uh, at the Sony drive-in. Like I miss going and sitting in a darkened room and, and letting a movie just sort of wash over me. Yes. Lord knows that a lot of us could use that right now. Um, at the risk of getting sick or getting someone else sick? No, no, not really. I, I would love to see Tenant, but I, I can wait. Um, but other parts of the world, you know, uh, Germany, they're talking about having soccer fans come back into the stadium because they're doing uh, so well there. And even, you know, New Zealand now having a little bit of a spike, but they were doing so well that they had zero cases for the longest time. Um, so I guess it just sort of depends on for it being a global uh, pandemic, uh, it depends on where in the world you are. Uh, the States, everybody's like, well, I I can do it. And like, well, no, no, uh, we're not doing as well at the moment, but okay, sure. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I I take a big old swig here. Um, The problem is, is I, and I notice this in a lot of people's (laughs) friends who've revealed themselves to be, uh, very against masks. Um, it's always phrased as we have to do this forever now. No, it's not forever. It's never been forever. Um, and the word I think, and I guess I kind of understand some of the confusion because the press keeps talking about going ahead in the future. We're going to have to make changes. And that usually comes down to, you know, prevention and when, you know, uh, signaling, warnings earlier and when the warnings happen switch to these controls right and everybody thinks the changes means this stuff we're doing now forever you never get to touch anybody ever again uh sex is right out can't even look people in the eye anymore it's like what no that's not what any of this is about Uh, and yeah i mean I don't want to get too far into it, but just the fact that that's become a politicized thing too. And it's I don't just, want, I'm not speaking about it in politicized uh, terms. Yeah, what I'm saying is, is that when people talk about it, the language is there, the word forever comes up and it's like, no, there are things, actually, you know what, as a historian, I'd like to point out that even if we did try to enact certain permanent changes, 
forever will never be applied because humans are really great at getting 80 years down the line and forgetting <laughs> about stuff. So, That's true. Give it a few years and we'll have forgotten that this ever happened. Uh, yeah. And, you know, and, you know, the media doesn't help because it's, you know, they say things like permanent changes and stuff like that. And they never, you know, they never really reassure or, I don't know. It's like we like, what's that one thing they always taught us in school when you were writing a paper? Pretend the person you're talking to knows nothing about what you're talking right. about. Right. Explain yeah. everything as if they've never heard it before. And news articles now sometimes forget to... Yeah, tread the basics because the person who's reading it may not have read all the previous articles. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. It's just it's mis it's misinformation. Everything is misinformation at the moment, or or you know, not even misinformation, but just sort of lack of information and basic. Yeah, what uh, would that be? Misinformation is mistaken information. Disinformation is uh, purposely incorrect information. So what would be accidentally omitted? Um, I don't know. Uh, Look it up uh, after uh, the show, yeah, language not even, nerd. Not even erroneous. But uh, so anyway, so yeah, I don't know. How do we get on this subject? We we're talking about movies because that's Stupid the screws. trouble is. Um. Screws. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, people, I don't know. So in my head, it's like, so while the effects are not the same as a flu season, if somebody said, look, we're just going to have to weather this out and next year, you know, movie going, once, once everything burns out, we'll get back to movie going as we used to do it. Yeah. Okay. Sure. We'll, we'll, it'll, it'll shake itself out however it shakes itself out. But this push to try to get it back to the way it was now, it's like, like, like yeah. the sad fact of the matter is, is that un- unless vaccines like, and you know, there's a couple of them in trials now. If vaccines don't show up by the end of the year, we've got at least another six months inside next year that we've right. got to be careful about, right? Because I mean, that, I, I I get it. I understand. I I would love for things to go back to normal too. Please, please, please go back to normal. I mm. want it to go back to normal. Um, but, um, I mean, I'd miss the sleep in time in the morning that I usually commute. <laughs> but you know, other than that, also true. Uh, uh, I was listening to um, the uh, movies that no. made us. Joe Dante. Uh, yes. Yeah, the Joe Dante, uh, yeah. Josh Olson. Josh Olson, the guy who wrote uh, History of Violence? Yes, yes. I shouldn't have put the question mark on there. I knew the answer. Yes. <laughs> that, was, that was my Canadian false interrogative. Uh, Josh Olson? Josh Olson. Who wrote, who wrote History of Violence, eh? Uh, I don't, I don't want to uh, hold that thought. I think okay. I just did what you did uh, last build oh, uh, no. that thing that's it upside down that crossbar i i put it in upside down uh well uh i am reversing fair's, fair's, going back Fair's fair i got the screws in finally and i <laughs> almost almost repeated my error again right along with you so <laughs> you know how did that happen all right anyway so yeah history of violence sorry they were talking to martin short yeah martin short i think it was this week's and they're talking about movies, and Martin Short's talking about. He's he's of their age, so you know he remembers getting to go see uh, you know all these classic movies in theaters when it came out. Uh, and I think they were talking about not specifically about like um, Chaplin, but I think he was talking. One of them was talking about they took their kid to a retrospective that was screening. Uh, was it Big City Lights? What's the Chaplin? 
big, yeah, big. Um, I want to say Bright Lights, Big City, but I'm pretty sure it's a Michael <laughs> that's J. Fox Michael J. Movie. Fox, yeah, that's, that's something else. Uh, big City, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, big City Lights. Big City Lights. So, anyways, they pointed out that if you're a movie lover, you can't just sit your kids down with, specifically they're talking about comedies, but I think it applies broadly to a lot of them. Like, if you can take, if you're like, oh, I want my kid to see ghostbusters or whatever as an example if you can take them to see it in a theater with other people that is the best way to get them to respond to it as strongly as possible because you don't get that sitting in your living room you're not surrounded by people the nervous laughter and the you know the reaction the energy energy. yeah yeah oh comedies 100 percent are made for crowds which is why it's so surprising that they've kind of died off and have gone to netflix and uh, yeah, uh, streaming services because they they need that. You need to, it's like a it's like a, a tense moment in a jump scare horror film. Uh, if you're by yourself, sure that's one thing, but you also need the people around you like nervously looking through their palms of their hands and yeah. trying to hide their eyes. And uh, Stephen King's yeah. book Dance Macabre is actually does a lot of that. It he talks about how. Uh, uh, comedy and horror are very close to one another um, in terms of, you know, how they're structured and, you know, jokes are very similar to scares and the way they're structured and sure. built up. Yeah. Okay, here we go. All right, luckily, I think... Flip I think it I, over. So reversing back to put this... <sighs> to put this joint back on, I think I think I did exactly what you did. It's just that crossbar was facing outwards and you needed to face inwards... And then as soon yeah. as you get to that step, after you put the the uh, spring coil in, it's like, ah, nuts. I have to undo everything and go back to square one. How is, where is, what the, okay, here we go. <laughs> the story of 2020. How is, where is, what the. Here. Uh, it's a great 2020 memoir right there. I'm going to, yes, exactly. Okay. But now uh, I can. At least I have the mirror image. I can look across at the other one and go right. Okay, that's what I meant to do. Can I? Can I do another shout out to uh, Yes Have Some at the moment here? While we're talking just normal pop culture things, maybe this will help lighten sure. the mood. Uh, they're doing a virtual. Speaking of virtual conventions, they were doing a Dragon Con panel, and I think it was on Jurassic Park. Uh, and that is actually happening today, as we record this. Um, but I, just, I, I love seeing I, – I want to bottle Craig's energy and uh, feast from it. I don't know where that guy gets the energy from or how. Again, speaking of yeah. wishing that I was still 20 years old, I guess. But uh, I don't honestly know how old they are. His beard is misleading. <laughs> it's the power of the beard. Well, mm. son of a – is that right? And I'm slightly suspicious that Jacob has, you know, looked 30 his whole life. So, <laughs> And I don't mean that in a mean way. Again, it's the beard, Jacob. Witchcraft! <laughs> um, I started um, <laughs> uh, some small life hacks. So building up to Halloween, I'm really trying to get as amped about it as possible because it's going to be, that's going to, you know, it's going to get me through, man. And I'm sitting there and I'm complaining to nobody in particular because I'm in the living room by myself <laughs> that um, 
Netflix has my list, which means the giant, unsortable, unsearchable pile of movies that I've said, please hold on to this so I don't forget about it. And I was like, I want to build a Halloween list so I can like find them easier. Stupid Netflix. Oh, wait, I have a profile slot. So I made a profile slot called Halloween, and I've been building its list. Nice. That's my little. <laughs> and that's been a cross-rip life hack. <laughs> You're welcome. I feel like that, especially now that we're in, you know, month six of stay at home here, where I've always had this list of like, okay, I still need to see Dr. Sleep. I still need to see Jojo Rabbit. I still need to see all these things that I've put together and I've made a little to-do list on my phone. But then, you know, inevitably like tonight where I had like 15, 20 minutes where I just needed to unwind and it's like... What hockey game's on right now? Like, I just kind of, I need something to zone out. I'm not doing, I'm not doing my work. I'm not doing what I should be doing. Um, I, um, yeah. And, uh, you know, there's so much to catch up on, too. Plus, you can't always catch up on it, everything by yourself. That's Uh, also, I know, I I spend a a lot of time trying to find things that Marie and I can watch together. Uh, What are we going through? Lock and Key. Oh yeah, how how's that? I, I hear nothing but good things about it, but I'm enjoying it, and I I mean the trouble is is I, I read never the original read the book, series, so that doesn't help either. Uh, I did, which again could be a hindrance, but they seem to be doing okay with it. I'm enjoying it, uh, and the other one is on Apple Plus, uh, Home by Dark, Home Before Dark. That's what it's called. I don't know if you've heard of this one. No, what, what's that one? I'd, Apple Plus, uh, you know, aside from the uh, Beastie Boys uh, show and the uh, the Bill Murray uh, on the rocks, uh, totally foreign to me. What 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 is it? Uh, apparently, it's based on a real little girl. Although I'm like, really? There's a lot going oh, no. on in this show. Yeah. Um, like a nine-year-old who her dad's a reporter, so she's kind of got the junior reporter bug. Uh, at least in the show, they return home to the dad's small town, and she starts to unravel like a 30-year-old murder mystery. Oh. Which, again, sounds completely, you know, that's that sounds like Hollywood all right, except for the bit that, again, it's actually based on the, like, there is a little, she's on Wikipedia, like, she's got a listing, like, her and her dad or an author or something are... It wrote a, a Scholastics book. Well, I, so I'm like, wow. so not only is this based on a real story, uh, in theory, Thomas and I can go pick it up at the, uh, you know, if there's ever a book fair again this year. He can That's go pick interesting. It up there. I mean, that, that reminds me of, you know, the uh, Patton Oswalt's late wife's uh, book um, that, you know, she was. Uh, I'll be there in the dark. I'll be yes. there in the dark. That was, yeah. Again, wires crossed in the brain. Yeah. Um, Huh. Yeah, it's so we're six episodes in. It's really good, and it's um, I don't know if necessarily I'd let a nine year old watch it. Like it's not excessively violent or stuff, but it's kind of dark. Like a child was abducted, uh, the wrong guy got sent to jail. Uh, huh. Like just uh, the parents are kind of having a rocky time, and I'm kind of okay with that. On it, let's put it this way: heads up to just parents that. There's a lot of good merits to the show if you're comfortable watching things with your kid that sure. might have some challenging stuff to it. Um, it, it was filmed in Steveston, which is uh, just south of Vancouver. So that's, you know, 
again, I've got that terrible superpower that my wife hates, which is I'm sitting there going, <laughs> I know the that quality place. of the light. I, <laughs> no, it's not even the place. Like what usually gives, like I, before my brain is completely tuned out. And then what happens is, is that parts of the world have a quality of light, right? That you just can't get around. Uh, and I recognize the Vancouver quality of light. And then my brain starts looking and then I'm like, that's the Stevenson docks. Okay. Yeah. No. Anyways. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, like some real good stuff, like her, her ragtag collection of buddies. Uh, one of the kids, um, no explanation, uh, which is why it took an old guy like me a little while to kind of parse it and all that is what's the little actor's name. I can't remember his name, but, um, they have him basically as, uh, gender fluid like dressed gender fluid. Yeah. They refer to him as he, uh, um, his name is short for his last name is Witherspoon. So they just call him spoon. I can't remember what his first name is. So it doesn't really come up all that much, but yeah, he's just, he's kind of like little guy running around in, in more little girl clothes sort of thing. Never addressed. I'm like, okay. And then, uh, they, the the sort of villain we're halfway through is the town sheriff and his daughter uh, has Down syndrome. Like so, you can kind of see that they've made a, a conscious decision that you know the the show will be uh, very uh, diverse. Sure. Um, and again, depending on what your level of comfort is with watching stuff and talking it through with your kids. You know, there's a lot there. <laughs> I'm sure, you know, some nine-year-old, either a nine-year-old just sort of sees it and goes, oh, so it's normalized or right. yeah. might be confused and ask questions and you can kind of fill them in on it, right? Like, um, but, but underlying it is this mystery that Maria, every time we watch, she's like, can we watch another? I'm like, well, no, it's 1230. We should probably go to bed <laughs> with, and we've watched four. So <laughs> it's, it's the Portlandia Battlestar Galactica thing where it's like, just one more, just one more. Just one uh, more, just one more. No more. And how many, is oh it? Is God. it a short run? Is it like four episodes or is it something that's no, a, a long season? Like or? Ten. It's not a, it's not a massive, it's a British season. Let's put it that way. Okay. Um, where are you at? I'm still struggling through step three here. Oh, okay. I'm on, I'm putting the tie ride on, on uh, step six. Um, darn it. Yeah, well. Gold uh, darn it. Gold darn it. it. I mean, I think it, it helped that, uh, you know, you, you had to do what I just had to do. And I think I was like, oh, well, this is exactly what Chris just had to do. So instead of sitting and having to ponder it, I was able to learn. I was able to learn from you. <laughs> I learned it from watching you. <laughs> uh, I, I, I laugh. That's fast becoming a... Uh, a cliche joke on television, but I laugh every time I hear every it. Every time. <laughs> the joking, the joking. I learned it from you. Really from, that's, uh, <clears throat> you know, th speaking of things that you just kind of have on in the background, uh, now every time my daughter is napping, we turn on scrubs in the background just because we can, you can watch it and the visual gags work and you'll just turn on the closed captioning so we don't wake her up during her nap. But, uh, they they do those you know I learned it from watching you gags and they sell it every single time I don't know how they do it like it's kind of amazing how they get away and and like that same I loved Spin City so that same sort of humor that kind of uh, started emerging on Spin City uh, they just amped up to eleven on that show it's, it's so good I haven't so watched Spin good. City in ages 
Uh, I mean, Spin City had so many awesome character actors on it and yep. just such sharp humor, even though, you know, it was kind of, it, it had this facade of being lowbrow, but... Um, Who was the show creator? Uh, it's um, uh, Michael... Uh, shoot. I mean, it's it's the same guy who did uh, Scrubs. Why can I not think? Oh, uh, is it? Okay. His name. I'm going to search for it right now because I feel like I should know this, and I'm very sad that I don't. Spin City. Um, that is to say the Michael J. Fox years. I never watched it after uh, Michael J. Fox left. Uh, yeah. Kinda. What happened then? Was it... Ch- Charlie, Charlie Sheen, Sheen came in, yeah, oh and and they they tried to play it off like you know they they wrote it in uh, as if it was like the recasting in the show. It just it didn't really right. work, uh, you know. Um, David Goldberg and is it Michael Jacob? Why do I don't want to say Michael Jacobs? Is that right? Bill Lawrence, that's it. Bill Lawrence. You were close. Yeah. Michael Jacobs is somebody else. Muppets? Did he do uh, dinosaurs? I can't remember. But anyway. Uh, I've been enjoying the new Muppets uh, series. Uh, Muppets Now? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the uh, Pepe the King Prawn game show has still been my favorite. <laughs> uh, where he just makes everything up as he goes and poor Scooter just can't keep up with him. And yeah, that one made me laugh. Carmen Scooper. Um, all right, well, I'm done with stage 15. Holy moly. I don't know if it's on... Um, the trouble is is that you can run certain subscriptions through your Amazon Prime. So I moved my shutter over there. And I m- put BritBox on there. Ah. Mostly because I was like, if nothing else, I'm tired of having to keep track of multiple... <laughs> <laughs> streaming apps and all that. Um, so I don't know if it's on BritBox or um, Prime, but the 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 Going Wrong or the Gone Wrong show. The Gone Wrong have you, have show. Have you ever seen this? No. Uh-uh. They popped up. I think they were in Ed- Edinburgh Comedy Festival show. And they got a big thing, and so they got invited to one of the variety shows and it ran on TV like so that was a big thing and the world went nuts for it it's essentially it's a small british town like local acting troupe putting on a play and as the play goes on props aren't working <laughs> stuff just goes horribly Sounds wrong very Christopher Guest yeah like yeah it. they they've all got their weird quirks like the one guy can't help like reacting to the you know crowd's applause so he'll just kind of break and smile at them and repeat the thing that got the laugh or whatever like just they did that it was a big deal and then they did a christmas version of like peter pan that was amazing and then yeah they got the show and each episode is like a half an hour long different type of play and they and again it's it's like it's like they have a table like a, a role playing game table of what is the weird thing chuka 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 the you know the playwright couldn't be bothered to get his historical facts straight like the stuff like that like they oh, they have funny. these weird little and wait what was it called again the the, the gone the, wrong the gone wrong or the I think it's going wrong going the going wrong, wrong show. Yeah. The first one is a uh, haunted house murder mystery, in which the old guy that that owns the place has to like 
make him exit while he's <laughs> while he's laughing evilly, but the thing going up the stairs won't work. And then he gets it going and it runs him upstairs. And then it bang. But he gets knocked out. His head's being run through like the, you know, the, the, the fake banister comes up. Just so it's literally like a two minute sustained, increasingly more strained and awkward, evil <laughs> laugh that he's trying to hold as he tries to address the problem of leaving the set. Oh, um, man. All right, that it's a, sounds right up my for, alley. It, yes, yeah. if you're looking for a short stick, that's what you needed just before the show. I needed like a 20-minute laugh. Yeah, that's a... You needed a 20 minutes of stupidity. Perfect. Are you all done? You finished the whole I'm thing. I'm all done. I'm actually reading, so I'm reading through the issue. I was going to, while you're finishing up, I was going to talk about issue six. You do here. that. I have a sneaking suspicion that this episode's going to... Um, gonna end uh, well the good news with me good still bad news is like we've we've already done this all of this has happened before and it will happen it's again we have two more wheels that we have to do yeah oh god um, no but uh, <laughs> no more wheels <laughs> i know it could be a tripod ecto right um, that's fine that's perfectly acceptable yeah, no, it just it's fine the tricycle ectomobile uh but so issue six uh it's, it's pretty great they've got uh an article on the terror dogs uh, talking with uh, randy cook about the stop motion um, and how he put together a maquette that he took to John DeCure and he was embarrassed by, and John DeCure was like, oh my God, I love it. Uh, and that's that's what became the Terror Dog. Mm. Um, some great photos in here of him working on the, the stop-motion puppet um, at the, the Tippett Studios. Um, wow. I mean, actually, I mean, we're, we're talking on International Dog Day, as I only know oh, because yeah. the Ghostbusters uh, official social media told me um so kind of kind of fitting that there's a nice terror dog uh, article in here uh and then the other one is the perfect score uh an interview with peter bernstein talking about his dad's score uh-huh. for the film and they've got some some great information in here about the yamaha um the dx7 synthesizer which if you've watched uh cleaning up the town you know quite well it's the first thing you hear uh on ghostbusters that weird kind of synthesized sound that's over the columbia pictures uh lady that comes from that synthesizer the the not theremin the not theremin yeah it's that sort of weird uh i mean it's it sounds digital it's like a digital chime i don't know how else to uh, to describe it uh oh the chime bit so what was doing the oh it was a theremin wasn't it yeah, he was using, he was um, using a theremin. Let's see if it's actually in this article here. You find it in the article. I'll just slowly go mad trying to put <laughs> this tiny <laughs> screw. Come on, you. Well, let's see. His, his, so Peter's talking about having to do everything in a very short amount of time, which was you know par for the course on the entirety of the film here. Does he say how old he was? Because he... Uh, he got, was he old enough to be helping? Is that he must have been? He, he was, was. So yeah. So Peter, there's a great photo here on the very front page. But I know, um, having seen some of the sheet music, that Peter was doing orchestrations uh, and and uh, doing some of the transcriptions for the the orchestra uh, for the recording. So there's, I mean, he must have been out of university, late twenties at the very least, I guess. Yeah. Photo of father and son Elmer and Peter Bernstein working together in the ni- early 1980s. Um, 
but uh well you see the photo how old does he look uh he's probably you know the early 20s late teens maybe he looks very young uh it's tough it's a very low res kind of blurry uh photo of them on the the uh, scoring stage but um mind you movie scoring is a very particular thing so you know there's a lot to be said for just if you're if you've been playing instruments long enough as a child and getting your you're playing yeah. yeah learning on the job maybe that's uh let's see peter says the music had to walk a fine line between all of those things without tipping to he's talking about uh, being horror and comedy and romance uh had with had to be all of those things without tipping too far one way or the other says elmer's son peter bernstein who orchestrated the score with david spear the ghost story had to be scary enough but then there was the comedy and the love story which also had to be believable plus the end of the world was in there somewhere and all of that meant he had to make a lot of choices along the way um hmm hmm yeah this is really cool i mean he's he's got some great liner notes in the most recent release the sony classical release that came out um where he does talk about that score was recorded at the famed village studios in West LA and performed by the Hollywood studio symphony orchestra. However, the music continually evolved during the recording sessions, not least because much of the score had been composed for footage without special effects in place. Once we got to the recording sessions, you'd see the special effects and things would have to be changed to accommodate for the fact that things were funnier or scarier than you may have thought, Bernstein remembers. Plus, the special effects didn't always come in at the same length that we thought they would, so you had to adjust the length of the music as well. There was a constant fine-tuning during the recording sessions. Man, yeah, think about that in the 80s where you're not working toward a fully computer generated uh, animatic that's completely timed out to whatever the visual effects shot is going to be um, right. having to just kind of guess like, Oh, there's a library ghost making a big uh, something here. And you're seeing Ruth Oliver going, well, <laughs> you, know, you think it's going to be funny. <laughs> um, that's funny. Uh, he, he goes on to talk about the pop music uh, replacing certain things. Peter Bernstein says they had a fairly good idea of which pieces were likely to be substituted during the recording sessions. When asked if his father minded some of his music being swapped out for pop songs, he says he would have rather scored it all himself, but he understood what was going on in the marketplace and who this movie was for. I liked it as I was in the rock and roll business myself, but it was not where he came from. Yeah, I remember Elmer Bernstein was actually a little... And if I recall, this is kind of where the the rift started between he and Ivan Reitman, isn't it? Like he was a little uh, miffed that some of his compositions were replaced by uh, pop songs, uh, needle drop songs. I don't know. Um, well, the official history now is that <laughs> was the the diplomatic answer his son just gave. <laughs> Exactly. That will be the reality from now on. He understood the business aspect of it. I, I yeah. I mean, I think especially if you put so much hard work into thinking things through for, uh, you know, the, uh, Janine slams the plunger and you hear the alarm bell and she screams, we got one. And the guys uh, spring into action and he's written this awesome heroic theme, uh, that, that precedes the Ecto one starting up. And then the Ecto one screams around the corner to this, uh, melody that he's created. Um, and he's so proud of it. And then he goes to the premiere and he sees that cleaning up the town has replaced it. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure you're kind of like, oh, all right. There's probably a little bit of professional pride that gets uh, hurt there, but I guess so. Although to be fair, by '84, some of that 
the poppier stuff that he composed, like with the rhythm guitar and all that. It's a little late seventies, like. It, what is it? it? Was kind of that bouncy. A lot of his um, his stripes uh, pop stuff, but I mean, you still hear bits and pieces of it you, during mm-hmm. the Judgment Day uh, track. That the one that new fans are always like, "What song is that?" Well, that's the score. Um, yeah, it's it, just yeah, but it's yeah that that kind of stuff was on the way out in kind of movie scores like. Just because the musical, the pop musical landscape, the closer yeah. he got to, every time he had to do pop, kind of his pop aesthetics were kind of. I mean, it starts step. sounding like, uh, you know, the, the Smokey and the Bandit or something. Like, the, the, if you listen to the Elmer Bernstein score as they're walking into the Sedgwick Hotel and it's got that, like, kind of swaggery. It would have totally yeah. changed that scene completely. Um, even though that's exactly it's it's transcribing what Venkman is doing. If you watch Venkman's movements and his face and like the music is basically kind of Mickey Mousing uh, Bill Murray's performance, it yeah it it doesn't date well. No. Even if you listen to it on the album, it just kind of sounds seventies. You're right. It's that it, kind of same like well because by eighty four and given the pop tracks that went on, it was very strongly you know the 80s sound yeah his stuff the, was the mtv kinda, airplay uh with the music videos his yeah. stuff was just a little behind it um but i mean a great great article here and and all the photos are fantastic peter bernstein gave them some good photos of he and his dad and doing some scoring uh they do talk about the live orchestra of uh peter bernstein going out and doing the the score live um they talk about Peter Bernstein also composing scores for the Ewoks TV movies, which I always love. That's my little back pocket trivia fact. Uh, that that's your Scott the Pilgrim. The Ewok adventure is Peter Bernstein's. Uh, that's your that's your Scott Pilgrim uh, Pac-Man <laughs> that is. trivia at the party. Like, but did you know that Elmer Bernstein's son did... Uh, it's kind of like, uh, you know, if you if you want to impress people or make them run away in fear because of how nerdy you are, is you tell them that uh, John Williams' uh, brother is the guy singing the Gummy Bears theme song, and then they go, what? And then, you'd be, and then you say, well, he was in Toto, and it all makes sense. Um, yeah. You heard the rains down in Africa. <laughs> Weezer, is that you? Uh, and then the last page there, Ecto 101 talks about the broadcast TV edit, which I always have a, a fondness for. Cause that's, that's yes. how I knew the movie for the longest time was watching that ABC Sunday night at the movies, uh, tape that I had. I have seen stuff that'll turn you white. Wally Wick. Wally yes, it's Wick. true. Your honor. This man is some kind of rodent. Some I kind don't of know rodent. which. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff that'll turn you white, yeah. Uh, and oh, hey, Spook Central gets a shout out here. That's cool. Nice. TV Edit has something of a cult following amongst ghost heads. The fan site Spook Central even organized an internet broadcast of it in 2009, complete with the original adverts. That's cool. Oh wow, there that's go, rare. Paul. Yeah, he could have gotten a, in any other uh, fandom. He could have gotten in trouble for doing that. <laughs> he's now being celebrated for it's, it, so I'm yeah, okay with now, that. It's here in print. Um, well, you know, it's easier to beg forgiveness than to uh, seek permission. But did to hire a lawyer. Um, ah, ah, cool, oh. very cool. Hey, can no. I ask you something about? No. Uh, yes. What? 
have you gotten multiple binders? Am I just dense and I'm not realizing that these need to go into multiple binders? I now have two of them. Am I supposed <laughs> to have two? Uh, no. Uh, as a matter of fact, I have no binders. All right. Well, I'm going to hold on to this one for you then. Because I'm, I'm putting these in here and I'm like, why did they send me a second binder? Is this too much material for one? But It's no, for it your old pal fits. who would go to any Tim Hortons you want. <laughs> day or night. <laughs> All right, and well, buy I'll, you any silly old sports ball thing you want. The uh, Hooper balls. Uh, all right. Well, I'll I'll, I'll add this onto the uh, the stack of stuff that I've got for mm-hmm. you. That's. I was teasing. I thought I was uh, just being an idiot because it took me a while to figure out how to put the pegs in there to get the little pamphlets into the binder. So I thought maybe I'm just. I mean, I know I'm I'm stupid. Uh, we all know that. Uh, but I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, it may have just been confusion. Uh, maybe we do need two by the end. I don't know, but uh, mm. I mean, that, that could be. I mean, yeah, they're so thin. I just don't know. You know what? Well, mm. just hold on to yeah, it. Gonna, if you don't yeah. end up using it, I will gladly take it. It's yours. Consider it yours. I will put a. I will put a sticky note on there and be like, "Yeah, you know, save for Chris, you dummy Troy. Why didn't you?" <laughs> uh, listening to the Yes Have Some podcast where they were talking about. Jacob's pile of toys, and here I am. You got a pile of stuff for me. I got a I got pile of toys of for here. you. Yeah, piles of toys. That's uh... the brake drum. When you affix it to the suspension thing, is it supposed to be tight? Because uh... I cannot get this screw in to save my. Yeah. Yes. Damn it. It, it helps once you put that, that long, like the pin that goes in uh, that puts the tension on the, the spring coil. Like once you add that in, then you can kind of go back and tighten some of the other screws. Like, Oh, I see. Um, so maybe I'll leave it there and then I'll try to – I'll move on. Where's the spring? I mean, I, I will say – so now that I have everything together, like the – it it feels it feels a whole lot more substantial. Like all the things that I was like, oh, that's really loose, that's really weird. But once you add, once you put all the pieces together, and then you can kind of go back and tighten all the screws uh, a all little right. bit too. That right, that right. helps. But um, don't oversell it. Here we go. No. Come on. Oh God, I forgot about this part. Should have brought one of my clips in. Clamps. Only. Yeah. Clamps. I, I, mean, I, just, I put it down on the table and kind of put a palm on it. And that that oh helped. yeah wasn't somebody who was telling us somebody was telling us to do that or maybe you did it last time and you told yeah, me but so if it's you put too it late. down put it down on the table so that you're kind of using yeah yeah I see now that's a good idea using a little bit of your own gravity here that that helps <laughs> but but uh, I know the world is in a tizzy out there trying to speaking of yes have some and Mister. Uh, Mr. Uh, Ryan Dole out there looking for the Fright Features Ghostbusters. Are they out? The new ones? Apparently. Oh. They're starting to show up. Really? Um, or that's the word, which might be, I don't know, uh, someplace know, got them early or something. Yeah, I know some, like, I think the Hong Kong, uh, you know, the... I don't want to call it the black market because it's the people that are just pulling stuff off of the uh, assembly line. But yeah. um, well, I, let's put it this. Well, I think uh, uh, Max, Mr. Oh, JV yeah, Max, yeah, in Italy Max got one. has them. Yeah, 
Um, but I, I kind of chalked that up to, because I think Big Bad Toy Store had them listed because they were expecting to be selling them in December too. And then. Oh, God. Why does this feel like it's going to explode in my face? Don't do it. Don't let it explode. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of going through and tightening some of these down while we talk. Um, but that's interesting. So the, and, and I wonder if that's how the, the package photos of the Ecto uh, playset surfaced then. If, if product is out there in the wild, that makes sense. Possibly. I cannot say. Although I know people are out there looking. So, um, And uh, like I said, at least one that I can think of, Max, off the top of my head, got his. I think some others found some. So maybe international is... I know. I mean, Canada sometimes, you you know, the the stores up there seem to get stuff. I remember that happening with the 2016 movie is that, like, the Target and Walmart uh, in, in Canada started getting stuff before the States. Um like oh, months, is, months before the states in some instances. This is so bad. This is oh, so no. bad. It's gonna explode. I know it. <laughs> Stay tuned, faithful listeners. Will poor Chris Stewart lose an eye tonight? Let's hope not. Now well, my failing eyesight will serve me well in that I'm wearing glasses. So. Oh, see, there we go. Okay. I'll, I'll only blind myself with shattered glass. <laughs> It'll be fine. Protective wear. Yeah. Stop it. How can you have that much give? Mm. Um, that's, uh, the, yeah. the first part of the episode was, everybody's like, first part of the episode was great. The second hour was just Chris, just Chris screaming. Screaming swear words into the mic. I, I didn't know Canadians knew that many. Uh, really? Um, and I think, I think half of them were made up. <laughs> Uh, well, if, yeah. If you guys are out there and you've if you've caught the the new fright features uh, figures, let us know. That's cool. Because um, I I definitely wanted to pick those up. Um, those are going to be the ones that you know the family gets to tear open the packaging and, and get to play with. Um, oh man, something to look forward to. It's kind of like the with the Spangler Neutrona wand. It's like thank goodness for Hasbro and for product and things arriving uh, that were pre-ordered in a different time, in a different state of mind. Uh, it's like, hey, I get I get something in September that I was looking forward to. Fantastic. Yeah, I didn't. I have not pre-ordered one, so I'm not getting one. Uh, well, it, seem, it seems like they're still available. They're still, uh, if you go to the Hasbro Pulse website, you can still pick one up. That um, is true. I recommend that yeah. people who want one get one. I'm just broke though same again that's the advantage to uh, having pre-ordered it so long ago is that money was earmarked and gone Uh, (laughs) so so the dollar 79 in my checking account is not sweating at all um I'm going. Never go full Muppet. Um, <laughs> just doing it. I can. I can see your arms flailing, and we're not even on a video <laughs> chat right now. Never go full Beaker. What are the odds? <laughs> oh God, that's the other Muppets Now sketch that really got me. Is Beaker 2.0, where he's got yeah. that like Alexa <laughs> thing that they just melt stuff with, uh, and that's uh, good. That's a good what one. I enjoyed most is the whole concept of. Um, not hiding the outside setup so you can see the freeway in the background. (laughs) Most definitely a soundstage out in Glendale or Burbank or something. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I love it. All right. Weirdly enough, 
I'm getting, I've switched to a flathead screwdriver from the same tiny kit that I'm using. And it's getting way more bite. So I guess uh. if you're having trouble getting the metal ones in and they're starting to strip a little bit on you, you can kind Give of yourself get in that there. leverage with the yeah, standard. It just bites a bit more. All right. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, that's definitely under some dangerous tension there. All right. Oh, no. Um, I did that. I did that. What? Oh, no. Oh, no. Is it backwards, too? No. Uh, all that and the stupid... Hang on. Did I... Thing over. B... C, D. Okay, fine. I thought the pin bit had to go in. Oh, oh, yeah. First, and it did. Oh my god. I, oh god. I'm okay. I'm okay. Deep breaths. Deep breaths. I just gotta uh, make that line up with that. I'm looking forward to a uh, stage 16 and 17 here, where we finally get to add those tires onto the. I know, right? The thing they taunted us with, right? Uh, yeah. Do you think that was by design where they were like, these things are cool, let's give it to them first? So they, <laughs> let's give them one of they the They totally tires. buy yeah. in. I, I just, I'm still concerned about losing pieces. So it's like it's sitting in a drawer and I know that it's there and hopefully it doesn't disappear before we record the next uh, episode. But. Ooh, I may have bent that tiny little Phillips head doing that, but. Oh. Ooh. Oh, no. It's okay, a hammer and. I can straighten that right out. <laughs> Relieve some of the tension and stress by flattening out a screwdriver with a mallet. Well, um, if my own game has taught me anything. Hitting small things with a giant there you go. Oh, record some sound. You you need that fully for something somewhere somehow. It'd be too full of me swearing. God, just damn it. I need the clean audio, Stuart. My goodness. Where'd you learn that bad word, Thomas? I learned it from you. This is my, <laughs> this is my, you. this is my double, my, my uh, triple Lindy uh, callback. Uh, yeah, good callback. If I get the one more in horse. there. Um, All right. Okay. I'm, if you want to steer in the direction of wrap up, I just got right, the well, one arm bar left and I can. Yeah, let's do that. Let's, uh, let's, let's play some contact information for people and, uh, I'll, I'll wrap things up while you get that, uh, tie, tie iron on there. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, 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 go stoppers. I'm sorry. We'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702-GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page and Twitter accounts. Prince is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just want to get back close again. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professional. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC. That'll do it. Thanks very much, Ray. you know uh stage stage 15 just as difficult as stage 14 we didn't really get that far uh, this episode again but 
Um, thanks, thanks to everybody who hangs in there and listens to these episodes. Uh, hopefully you enjoy them. I know that some people are back to their regular long commutes. And so, uh, hopefully these long episodes are, are good for you too. But, uh, yeah. And, and our thanks to Eagle Moss and Hero Collector for continuing to feed yes. us these pieces, uh, as we go along because uh, it's, it's very awesome. Um, my frustration is mostly for comedic effect. It's, uh, it's uh, also true. Uh, think of all the stuff that you internalize as you're uh, putting together models or you know working on stuff by yourself. We're just vocalizing it. That's how it is. Um, how? Am I missing a screw? No, oh, no. What did I do with it? Keep talking. Keep talking. It's around. It's around. Anyway, uh, so also our thanks to everybody who's been uh, sending in voicemails. We got a couple uh, this week. Uh, for the Halloween episode, uh, I will speak on behalf of Mr. Chris Stewart as he finishes up that uh, that rod. Uh, but yeah, if you want to send out a greeting uh, to your fellow uh, uh, franchise, if you have uh, recommendations of films to be watching while we're all staying at home, uh, please hit up the voicemail. Send us voice notes uh, through you know Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you want to uh, to send us a little bit of audio, and we'll work those into. Uh, to that that future Halloween episode might have multiple Halloween episodes. Chris keeps uh, teasing, so uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, one more shout out uh, to Chogren. Uh, last week's episode, uh, wonderful interviewee. Uh, we had a really good time talking to him. Uh, I do want to mention that he's now back. gone public with his art show that's going to be happening in March. And uh, if you are an artist uh, who is looking to get your pieces featured, maybe hit up uh, hit up Mr. Children on his website because he's he's ushering uh, the way toward putting a lot of cool work out there. So um, I w- encourage you, first of all, to reach out and support that guy and, and check out his website. But uh, also, you know, uh, reach out to him if you have something that you might want to uh, to feature in a in a show of some sort in in the near distant future of March, 2021, when a certain movie happens to be coming out. Um, what else do we have final thoughts wise, Chris, did I cover all the bases? Uh, possibly maybe. I think so. I don't really have too many final thoughts. I was, like I said, everything's going to be for the next couple of months. I'm just going to ramp up towards Halloween. Uh, really, really lean into it. Um, final thoughts. No, yeah, and no, and uh, sending sending love and telling everybody to uh, stay safe with Hurricane Laura. I'm actually just checking right now as we talk to see where things are at. Uh, yeah, man, it it looks like it is ooh, just to the east of of Houston at the moment. So uh, yeah, uh, hitting landfall about three hours ago as we record this. So please, you know, stay safe. Uh, thinking about all of you guys, and if anybody needs help out there. Uh, please do not hesitate to to reach out to us. Reach out to anybody. We'll find ways to to help everyone out. Um, but uh, yeah, if you're if you're being affected by uh, the hurricane, if you're being affected by wildfires, I know some of our listeners uh, had to evacuate for the wildfires. Uh, please speak up. We're we're all here to help uh, as as much as we possibly can. Or even if it's just for words of encouragement, that's the easiest thing, the least possible uh, thing we can do to help. So. Um, please, please do that. Um, all right. Well, while Chris uh, finishes that uh, up, we're gonna found say it. goodnight. Hey, you found it. There we go. We're gonna end on a high note. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk next week. See you all on the other side. Who you gonna call? We Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. Visit us at protoncharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and stillplayingwithtoys.net. Hey, you
to be one of my two favorite shows. Everything you're doing is bad. I just want to let you know that. We'd like to get a sample of your brain tissue. Oh. Next week, though, Careless Pets. We're so 